0: Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember: Tales, Truths, Delights from A Hundred Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. In this episode, we're talking about Italy. Steve Perillo is a third-generation family owner of Perillo Tours. America's leading tour company to Italy. Welcome, Steve.
1: Uh, hi, Leah. Good day to you.
0: Good day to you. You know, I I knew your dad, Mario, since the 1980s, and you and your father are both local celebrities in the New York area because of your commercials. I heard that Adam Sandler even dressed up as you for a Saturday Night Live script. How did that feel?
1: Uh, that was really shocking. I didn't know about it till the next uh, morning, and... Uh, it's re- it's really, we're a small company. It's a, we don't deserve to have a, uh, uh, a skit done on uh, Saturday Night Live. But uh, apparently we're on the air enough that uh, it made an impression by somebody. And now I'm friends with one of the producers there. And uh, it's really, I got to meet Adam and it's really been, uh, it's been a highlight of my career. <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about Italy, which is one of the world's favorite countries to visit. How many times do you think you've been there?
1: Uh, two or three times a year, 50 years, 127.
0: Oh, so you think you know a little <laughs> bit about it, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, Let me just ask you, what What do you think are the qualities that make it so beloved by so many travelers? Let's, let's just talk, you know, basics like scenery yeah, it, and so forth.
1: Yeah, it, it starts with the... It happened, you didn't ask why it happened, but I, I have to add that, it, because of its location in like the center of the cradle of civilization, in the center of the Mediterranean. So it was the crossroads of, of civilization for 2,000 years. So they had everything going on. The, first of all, the natural beauty, the beaches and the mountains and the Alps and, and all of that stuff. And then you start with the food and the wine, the art, architecture, fashion, music they invented music notation opera literature film cars what country has an, the number of fan, amazing the car industry in italy who would even think of, you know france has some cars but germany they don't America, have lambos yeah or the uh, and the the high end exotic cars that they really well besides the fiat which is also a great experience if you can get a, a cinquecento here it's a really a cute little car uh so that's why uh so it, it translated to this country with the food. It's easily in the top three foods in this country, uh, and uh, and it's compact too. So you could see it. You can kind of in two weeks you can kind of get a good idea of the main uh, the main places, and it leans uh, it leans towards a bus tour because it's so compact. Uh, the main cities are three hours apart. You could say that as a rule. Rome to Florence, Florence to Venice, Venice to Milan. You don't have to know much. It's three hours apart uh, driving. And so, plus,
0: each of the areas are so different. They're, they, you know, they wow. originally, of course, were separate states or it, separate yeah, areas. Right. So the cultures themselves, even though they're so close to each other, are so different. So you really do have a compact experience. I guess I would say what's not to like? Is there anything maybe that you don't like so much that we should be aware of.
1: You don't want to open a business in Italy. Okay.
0: Like <laughs> traveling is the, is the key. You
1: pay taxes on everything. You pay taxes <laughs> on every transaction. In Italy and Europe, you pay taxes on every single, let's call it VAT tax, on every single transaction. It's really... A,
0: yeah, well, uh, I guess it's one of those places where you say I'd rather visit than live there at the moment.
1: Yeah, unless you bring your own money, you know, I might get a... a I'd love to get a a, a Tuscan or Umbrian uh, villa. It would be great to, I'm thinking of doing that seriously.
0: Let's take a quick overview of a few of Italy's most treasured areas. Just tell us a little bit about each of them. Maybe the main things not to miss, maybe something we didn't know. Uh, Let's start in the north with Milan and the Lake District.
1: Well, there's Milan. You know, I took notes for this, uh, Leah. Well, great. Milan... uh, is the city itself, which uh, the center is, is the Duomo, and attached to the Duomo, almost attached, is the first shopping mall in the world, uh, the uh, the Galleria. And that connects to the La Scala, the opera house. So it's all connected downtown, the area, by this amazing shopping mall. So they have that, and they have, it's the fashion capital of Europe, uh, Paris, and Milan, those are the two fashion, cap- and New York, those are the three fashion capitals in the world. And they have, it's a big industry town.
0: Yeah, the Galleria, I remember, was filled with light. It's very old, but it was uh, like skylight glass all around. Very beautiful. You see copies of it all over the world, uh, maybe based on on the Galleria in Milan. Also, La Scala, I would say, I took a wonderful tour there. They have, uh, you know, maybe two-hour tours where you can go backstage and go see the Opera House. And, of course, there's The Last Supper by da Vinci in one of the uh, monasteries there don't miss that
1: and then the lake region you mentioned uh, which are just just, you died and went to heaven Lake Como the it's the castles around the lake you know they're hundreds of years old and uh, there's a Bellagio which is crazy the landscaping uh, the uh, the gardens that they built over the centuries Varena, Tremezzo, Menaggio. These are all uh, lakes and islands in the in the north. You could spend a week easily up there uh, in the springtime. It's,
0: it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. You can drive along or you can take boats that go to each of these little villages. Each, each are different. Again, one place that would be nice to stop over maybe just to visit is Villa d'Este, a beautiful hotel. One yeah. of the grand hotels of the world. Just to have a drink yeah. or or sit there is a lovely experience.
1: You could stay. Yeah,
0: but... but you just have to have a drink. <laughs> I would just sit there and maybe not worry about the money. <laughs> what about Venice?
1: Venice is if you take any city, you remove the cars, like right away you have a, a dreamland. This happened uh, during the pandemic in the early part where the cars went away and you walked through the streets of New York. It was an amazing experience. And you have this dream. It's you can't. You gotta go. Now there's the canals, the bridges, and the palaces. The uh, uh, so and the water, and, and that's what Venice is. But if you could go off season and you could roam around the the back alleys and stop into these little uh, bars. Uh, you, you, there's something called chiquetti. Chiquetti are like uh, poopoos in Hawaii. And what's the Spanish uh, version? Uh, no, the Greek, uh, it's exactly like that. And it's a great way to eat. You eat on your feet, you drink some wine, and you have these little uh, finger foods in Venice. So... uh Go in November in the wind. The dead of winter is the most romantic of oh, all.
0: Oh, it's so misty.
1: In there, it's, oh, and it's lovely that,
0: in November. That, I know. Yes.
1: You, you buy a coat. It's you know a few hundred dollars for a coat. You'll save thousands in travel. Uh, buy a coat. That's
0: and yeah, I think I think it's one place where the tourists have sort of changed the whole feeling. I know I've I've read where they're trying crowd control now, and cruise ships have been banned from the downtown you know port so they're trying very hard but this is one place that if you can go in off-season uh saint mark's plaza the whole thing is much much more special but you should go to venice
1: and then you How take about- boat trips around the islands the, the most famous one is morano and borano Murano has the glass the famous glass uh, Glasswork, work. Uh, they have some very modern things. It's really uh, amazing. Uh, and the
0: village itself is so colorful. It's like a little yeah. mini Venice. It's very uh, le- less crowded and very pretty. Yep. And the area around Venice, you have uh, Padua, you have Verona. These are romantic, beautiful towns with frescoes and a Roman coliseum and, and all kinds of beautiful things, mm. which if you can take a few extra days, it's worth it. Yep, yep. How about Tuscany?
1: Tuscany is the most uh, popular region, I guess, after Lazio, which is Rome. Tuscany is Florence, and uh, Florence is beautiful, but Tuscany has these uh, secondary cities, uh, like Siena is the second city, of, uh, and they have the Palio, and it's just gorgeous. The cobblestones and the bell towers and the fantastic architecture. But my favorite city, Luca, I'm learning about Luca, and it's just, uh, these are storybook places, and again if you can go uh in the evening off season away from when it gets a little crowded it's just so uh, so romantic and and then you well, you know you get to work off your food with the walking around or a bicycle ride around luca 5 kilometers. it's great for bicycle riding these towns some of yeah them.
0: somebody called luca the original Town with a high line, because uh, there's a a wonderful path around the town.
1: That's right. That's the three or four kilometer one I was talking about. Right.
0: And there's also Pisa, of course, the Leaning Tower of Pisa is in Tuscany.
1: I forgot that.
0: Yeah. And then you have these wonderful little fishing villages on the coast, which are quiet and, uh, you know, a nice place to get away to. So as you say, there are many big cities. But of course, the Tuscan countryside is what people think of. Very often, when they think of Tuscany, the lavender fields in June and and the beautiful um,
1: and yeah the vineyards hills. the terraces of of uh, vines you know the grapevines everywhere and to rent a car to rent a villa and a car it's so easy driving is so much easier you can get automatic transmission you know it's long gone I don't even think you need an international driver's license anymore you don't that's what I recommend and and I put Umbria in the same category of Tuscany. Uh, and it's less well known It has a CC, but it's got the same qualities, uh, but less. Yes,
0: Umbria is less crowded, but it has Perugia, a CC, some of these other beautiful little towns. Yeah. It's a little bit greener, I think, in some ways. they' they're they're a little bit different, but they're both exceptionally beautiful, very close to each other. That's another great region. Uh, and you were mentioning a house there you can rent. There are many people who rent places there in that area.
1: You get a, a three-bedroom and, you know, six people can share it. It's, it's it's really, it's way, way cheaper than a hotel. And it's a lot of fun. You can get a maid service you want to, uh, or a chef to come in uh, once or twice or every night. This is the way people live. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least for a few weeks.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: How about Rome? Roma? Rome is the say?
1: best because uh, it takes forever to to get it all you can just keep going back again and again and again. It's just got so many sections. Every corner has history. You know, the great authors and poets and painters and every block has history. So does New York, but uh, uh, Rome goes back uh, 3,000 years. Uh, so it's got uh, unbelievable uh, Ah, uh, history on every corner, and the the main sites are beautiful. But there's a there's other sites that people don't know about. There's a little keyhole uh, uh, at the embassy of Malta. Uh, the keyhole line. This sounds like a silly thing, but no, people it sounds good. gathering. And uh, lately, they, of course, the gelato trucks have shown up in the last three years uh, now at this keyhole, and you get to see the the the, the dome of St. Peter's perfectly in this keyhole. It's amazing uh, phenomenon. Uh, then,
0: uh, the Pantheon, I, I, that building looks uh, like it was just built in a, you know, a few years ago and it's almost 2000 years old. I I recommend everybody going inside of it. You won't believe it how how perfectly preserved it is.
1: It's perfect. It's exactly, I don't think they've even repaired the dome uh, very much at all. And, uh, unbelievable.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, Uh, it's an incredible building. I think it's one of the best preserved in, in all of the world of that era. Uh, the Sistine Chapel, of course, if you go to the Vatican, I would say there's another time you want to try to go off season or go very early in the morning or late. It's very crowded and, yeah, uh, yeah. but worth seeing St. Peter's of yeah. course.
1: St. Yes. Peter's they have mosaics. that look like paintings. The mosaic chips are so tiny. They're like a millimeter across. Uh, and it just looks like there's a, a, a shot of a guy's ankle underwater. You can see the way the water displaces the image. It's some with little stones. It's, this is a craftsmanship, you know, that's 600 years old, uh, that there's no way we could do it. I don't know how they did it. The time and the, you know, the amount of time and effort that went into these things uh, with the Catholic church. Uh, and the no, money. Well, They
0: didn't have Netflix then they had more patience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think the other things that, you know, people always go to the forum and the Coliseum in the downtown, the main part of Rome. I, I would say I, I've been many times, but the best, time I ever went was with a, a superb guide. I think when you look at the forum and you understand what these buildings were, it makes so much of a difference whether you take a guide, good guide book or a good guide, it helps. Otherwise, sometimes people just kind of glance at it and don't really know the importance of some of the little details, as you said. Yeah, I'm Rome, not- we, can, we have to mention the food, the pasta. I mean, that's where you eat fantastic.
1: Pasta. Yeah, well, it's the pasta that they do in Rome. Uh, what's the famous pasta?
0: Well, there are several. The carbonara is one, and
1: carbonara with the eggs and the uh, bacon, pancetta, or uh, whatever you the whatever pork you put in it is. It's my favorite pasta now. What's your favorite pasta, Leah? Right oh,
0: now, oh, anything that they put in front of me at the moment. <laughs> I like it when it's handmade and fresh, and the sauce is fresh, and you know anything basic. I think the the wonderful thing about Italian food is it's based on fresh food, simply made and locally made, so very often you'll have fish in the fish areas and meat in the other areas, and you, you will get the local food. And that's where the slow food movement started, by the way, in, in Italy.
1: Uh, that's right. I didn't know it went beyond Italy. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Still growing in Italy, you know, it comes from the north. Pasta is so uh, – it just dawned on me in the last few years. Pasta, most of the time, is flour and water. That's it.
0: It's basic. Take
1: a, t- a pinch of salt. That's it. Sometimes I put eggs later on – and then a tomato, garlic, and olive oil. And that's the entire, but it's, the ingredients have to be perfect. They have to be perfect. If you, uh, you know, mess up the olive oil, you ruin it. But it's not uh, the six ingredients, the whole thing. And it's just to die for. Yes, yeah, so
0: and many of these people have been making it the same way for generations, and their families. They know exactly the amount; they don't have to measure a damn thing. But the best part is that you're eating it in Italy. <laughs> that that helps make it taste delicious when you're sitting at a cafe and watching the people and.
1: I think so. Hearing
0: right. the Italian and all that, yeah. Let's go to the Amalfi Coast, one of my favorite areas.
1: Yeah, that's where we come from. Most immigrants come from the Naples area. Uh, Amalfi, I guess, is an hour south of uh, Naples, and it's my favorite area because of the food. They have the mozzarella, the limoncello, the lemons, the uh, citrus fruit, and fish, and the pasta with the fish, and... Uh, that's just the food part. The white wine is, is, what a lunch, what a lunch. I know.
0: And you know, you go to these little places and they make their own limoncello out the garden. They have some lemons and each one has a little bit of a different flavor and they're so proud of it. It's, it's so charming to, to go there and eat the local, as I say, local, these are from their gardens and from their vineyards, very special, but the beauty of it, I think is the thing that, that I really can't, stop thinking about it. I actually wrote about the Amalfi Coast for Fodor's guidebooks three times I think I had to go there it was a tough assignment and I had to return it to check everything out and I know all the little towns Positano Amalfi Ravello absolutely beautiful just one of those places that you can't escape feeling relaxed you just feel specially relaxed there You you feel like you're in another world and they are close. Amalfi Coast is close, as you said, to Naples. It's close to Sorrento, which is a beautiful old town where the Roman uh, emperors used to go way back and um, set up on a cliff. Very special place. Very different. And, of course, you can go to the islands like Capri, which is it, also uh, in
1: that area. And Procida, uh, uh, I, th- I think you pronounce it Procida. Yes. It's a very unknown, beautiful little island uh, and East is another one, and uh, Capri, Capri is obviously the most famous, uh, and it's, you got to go, you got go to go.
0: Well, Capri has the blue grotto, but Amalfi has the green grotto. If you go uh, somewhere near Positano, between Positano and Amalfi, there's something called the green grotto, and it's similar where you go in and the light is so special. I agree with you, Procida is one of my favorite islands because it's unspoiled. It's a fishing village full of color and still not overrun with tourists. Capri can be very... Crowded again, you try to go off season or off hours, or even stay over because if you do that, you can get up early in the morning. Otherwise, the crowds in the afternoon are pretty big,
1: right? The boats go home around five o'clock, exactly yourself. Yeah,
0: so spend about a week in Capri, that would be a nice trip, too. How about Sicily?
1: Amazing place, uh, and we sell it a lot uh, as a company, and so many Americans are, are of Sicilian heritage, and uh. For some reason, Taramina is the most beautiful little town in the world. It's on a cliffside, and it overlooks uh, Mount Etna. About, uh, yeah, Mount Stromboli, uh, Mount Vesuvius is going, and Mount Etna is going. It's safe well, to go. It's, it's
0: safe to go, yeah. One
1: day it's going to blow, that thing.
0: Well, they they have warnings now, so I don't think it would be something we wouldn't have a, a, an inkling about ahead of time.
1: Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sicily is a big island It's the largest island in the Mediterranean You can only get there by ferry From the oh, south right. I think Only from the south of, of Italy
1: Right so. or uh, to Palermo And uh, Palermo is a very nice uh, nice city uh, And it's got some beautiful hotels on the water There's no trains really in Sicily that work So you've got to get a driver or rent your own car And it's great to explore There's a lot of Greek, <clears throat> uh, Greek uh, history there uh, It's a crossroads of the Mediterranean for sure
0: I agree. How about just a few words of advice? Uh, What would you say when traveling in Italy? You know, what would you tell us that maybe we wouldn't think of ourselves? Yeah.
1: Well, what we've been saying about traveling in the off season for sure. uh, Don't worry about the weather. The weather's uh, mild all the time. It never gets, uh, it snowed once in Rome uh, in the last uh, 40 years, uh, once or twice. Uh, So you should go off season, travel light, have a really good plan. Stay in the center of uh, the towns you go in. Don't try to save money on location. Go to a lesser hotel and stay in the center, uh, so you can go outside and walk uh, at night. Uh, what else would you have, Leah? For- I would
0: say spend as much time as you can. Add, add some days if you can. Don't rush it. Yeah. It's uh, it's a special place. It it, it is remarkable, and uh, and and you know treat it like that. Give yourself a lot of time. And don't try to see everything at once. Hopefully, you'll be back. I, even though it's compact, you want to feel the place. Each, as we mentioned, each area is different, so you can spend time in one area and and just feel like you're, you know, having a wonderful escape. You don't have to necessarily go all over the place, but you know, it's up to you. Whatever way you do it, there's train service and there's airline service. You can get around, but the idea is to just, you know, relax, enjoy it, soak it in. It's one of those wonderful places of the world. The name of the podcast is Places I Remember. Can you share one or two of your very best memories of all your trips to Italy?
1: My uh, vineyard that we take our groups to, uh, he bought a helicopter. And uh, we went around San Gimignano in this helicopter.
0: Tell us about San Gimignano.
1: San Gimignano is the city of towers. And they have two towers side by side. How old are they? They're, uh, I don't know, 900 years old, probably something like that. And that's where they think they, uh, so it's truly uh, uh, charming and it's surrounded by vineyards all in the countryside. But it's on a big uh, hilltop like they, most of them are. So you're looking all around the uh, to, from horizon to horizon, the sun rises. You could hear the, uh, I woke up there uh, one morning. Uh, the, uh, what are those uh, birds? Chickens. <laughs> boosting their heads off but it's just so charming. Uh, and the stone for So everything we have is wood, but everything there is stone. And that's what makes it last for thousands of years. That's the benefit we're getting, uh, cause they had no trees. Uh, so uh, it's a completely stone city, like many of these cobblestone places are. Uh, and that's what makes it so beautiful and so powerful. Uh, so raw, you know, like it was nature made it, put it there. Uh, and that's San Gimignano. you got to go see San Gimignano. It's not far from Florence, probably uh, 45 minutes.
0: Right. This is one of the many beautiful little towns around that area. Yeah. Yeah. You went by helicopter, you said, did you see it from above and the whole area or.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to send you my video. Uh, it was about a half hour and um, this was really uh, so green, so verdant and uh it's just centuries of cultivating the land uh, it,
0: I think you like Italy
1: I've mentioned I've been there in a year uh a year and three months I'm
0: yeah, I'm yeah.
1: Be the first one there when we can go though I'm be yeah, there.
0: I think all of us would love to go well, look, thank you so much, Steve Perillo. uh, you brought Italy to life for us, and I hope we all get to go back very, very soon. And please be sure to check out my links on my show notes for details about this episode. And I'll be writing about Italy on my Forbes.com blog. So check that out, too, under Leah Lane. Thanks again, Steve.
1: Thank you, Leah. It was fun. Thank you very much. It was. Grazie.
0: Grazie. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember. So follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, com, And keep making your own travel memories.